The return of Femme versus Puck, we're the sponsors in pro cycling, hurrah for the black shorts, and win stuff in our festive peloton competition, all on the Saturday supplement from the Cycling Legends podcast, powered by vivelavello.cc. Hi everybody, my name is Gary Fairley and welcome to the Saturday Supplement for the 2nd of December 2023. It's day two of the Advent calendars. Um, we've got a lot of stuff to get through this week. Um, all the stuff we mentioned, we've got cyclocross racing, um, weird sponsors in pro cycling, um, hurrah for the black shorts, um, and news not only of our competition but of a great interview um, which is currently on the subscriber feed and will be coming to everybody uh, very shortly. But first, um, if those of you who listen to the Feed Zone may recall that uh, we were talking about um, whether nation-state sponsors and controversial companies, when you talk about Ineos and such like, um, could potentially, given the volatile state of the world, um, be putting targets on their riders' back. Um, And that was in the context of an interview that uh, Israel Premier Tech owner Sylvan Adams had given um, to Radio Cycling Podcast, um, and he'd been asked whether there would be any intention of beefing up security around the riders given the the ongoing conflict in Gaza. Um, he was pretty firm. Those of you who have listened to the interview, he was pretty firm, and by that I mean angry um, at the suggestion, you know, asking, you know, should we be cowering um, to genocidal maniacs? Um, but it's been reported in Wheeler Fleet this week that uh, riders and staff uh, have had subsequently made concerns known to management about riding in kit that bears the name Israel and the star of David, um, or driving you know, team cars with, with the same stuff. Um, and it seems that uh, the team management have listened, and a, and a statement this week from the team says that the security and the safety of our team members of the utmost importance, and as such, the team has implemented some measures for the 2024 season. This includes the use of a training kit, which our riders can opt to wear when outside of the race bubble and training alone if they deem it necessary. Now, the training kit, as you would imagine, uh, will be somewhat toned down, um, less obvious if any um, logos um, bearing the name Israel um, and, you know... You know, it's depend. You, know, you, you don't need to have a view either way on the conflict. But if you are um, bearing the colours or the name of a protagonist in any major political um, or, or a war, let's be honest, what it is, um, then you risk uh, attracting um, the wrong sort of attention. Um, and this seems like a pretty sensible move from the team, albeit one that puts the onus on the riders. If you want, you can wear this stuff. Um, but it's at a time where instances of anti-Semitic and also Islamophobic um, attacks is on the rise, certainly in the UK, um, but also elsewhere. Um, so it's not cowering to genocidal terrorists, Sylvan. It's actually it's a duty of care to your riders um, and to their staff. Um, and it's, you know, as we were talking about in the feed zone last week, um, it's dangerous enough riding a bike on a road these days without drawing attention from, yes, from genocidal terrorists or protesters or whatever. Um, so I think it's real primitive to be applauded for that uh, that decision. 
Um, but what about Palestinian teams, Gary? Well, there are very many of those, are there? So uh, that's probably one for another day. The Titans returned to cyclocross this weekend, or this past weekend rather, at Kortrijk uh, in the uh, X2O Trophy at uh, Urban Cross. Um, Fem van Empel and Puck Peters um, on the same start line for the first time in that competition, um, having you know raced uh, in in World Cups and so on at the start of the season. Um, an unsurprising win, you would say, for Fem van Empel, making eight wins from eight starts this season. Um, but it was actually Lucinda Brandt who kind of forced the, the winning move and actually Puck Peters had actually led the race at one point um, Brand attacked um, and uh, Van Empel followed uh, and Puck Peters was unable to which is probably understandable given it's her I think it's only her third cyclocross race of the season um, and the Van Empel uh, finished 26 seconds ahead of Lucinda Brand at the end um, and Puck Peters was a further 39 seconds back and um, Elizabeth won a close men's race for Paul Salzen, bingo, um, ahead of uh, Balwa's Trek Lions, Lars van der Haar and Cyclocross Reds, Cameron Mason, um, almost tied in the line with van der Haar. Um, a real feeling that something big is coming from Cameron Mason, um, who, as I've said before, um, is from Linlithgow, which isn't far from where, where I record, um, and he probably trains on some of the hills that I do oh, I train, I ride, he trains on them, um, albeit he does it a bit faster um, the curse of the Saturday supplement is now a thing um, I was um, extolling the virtues of Celindo Carmen Alvarado last weekend um, but um, in a good weekend for the Balwazis as um, Elvis Costello didn't sing um, Lucinda Brand continued her upward tra- trajectory sorry, following injury um, and opening her account for the season only her fifth race um, and she hasn't been off the podium all season so I don't think we should really be surprised um, she took uh, her win ahead of Celine Del Carmen Alvarado um, and Zoe Backstead um, who took her second ever Elite World Cup podium um, and has actually nudged her into second place in the overall standings behind Celine Del Carmen Alvarado so a good weekend there and Pim Ronhar um, held off a charging Lauren Swick um, to take his second World Cup win of the season um, he'd had a fairly decent lead um, and was being chased down um, with a few laps to go by Swick um, who actually had him um, with a couple of corners to go and uh, I think ran wide or just lost the, you know, had, didn't have the legs um, and uh, Ronhar won um, by a matter of seconds um, and the, the World Cup Series leader Elizabeth was third so hurrah for the black shorts as I said at the top of the programme and yes the news this week that it's hello decathlon as you deserve la mondiale and blue jerseys so long to the Citroen logo so long to the the kind of argyle type thing, not the you know not the garment style. I go, um, yeah, goodbye to the white, goodbye to the brown shorts. It's blue jerseys and black shorts. Um, as uh, AG2R announced a twenty-four million euro budget with new sponsor Decathlon, who are obviously a global sporting goods um, retailer. Um, who will sell you anything from hunting equipment to, to running gear to hill walking stuff to javelins and bicycles. Um, so yeah, um, good news for the team. 
Um, but yeah, lots of people lamenting the passing of the brown shorts. Um, yeah, I you know what? I, I probably won't miss the bl the brown shorts, but I'm a bit meh about the blue jersey with the kind of diagonal decathlon across the middle. So just, just what the peloton, the men's peloton, certainly doesn't need is another blue jersey, is it? Um, at the same time, they also um, confirmed the signing of Sam Bennett and Victor Lafay, um, adding to the to their canon. So that is a um, a big move for Aje Duzer. Um, good to see it. Um, and also they have announced um, the, a new development team for next season, um, which will be managed by none other than uh, Steve Lampier, uh, lately of St Piran. Um, so yeah, it's all happening um, over at Aje Duzer, um, which will be interesting to see how that works out during the season. Now, coming up on the Cycling Legends podcast... think that part of the job learning from those old swan years mm -hmm. like the ones that took care of Merckx mm -hmm. and the old directors I would ask them so many questions in the and the managers and that was that was such a beautiful essence of the sport Now, that was the voice of legendary Swanur Shelley Versies, who worked with 7-Eleven, La Vie Claire, Toshiba, and TVM teams in the 1980s. Now, bear in mind, in 1985, men's cycling was a closed shop, um, as far as women were concerned. But that year's Giro d'Italia, Shelley, a 25-year-old from Connecticut, changed all of that. Um, and Chris Sidwell's... Uh, spoke to Shelley last week um, in a great interview which is on the subscriber feed right now um, but we'll also be making that available to all listeners um, in the coming days so that is worth the entrance money alone if you're not a subscriber but also worth waiting for um, if you fancy subscribing fancy an early listen head over to cyclinglegendspodcast.com and you can sign up all for the price of a big coffee Now, what do you think's the weirdest sponsor in pro cycling? I mean, let's be honest, there's a few of them. But, you know, flooring and sealant manufacturers would probably be considered a bit odd in most sports. But, you know, we've we've embraced Quickstep and Sudal. Um, Italian sausage makers like Molteni could be a bit mental. Um, actual countries, you know, we spoke about Israel Premier Tech. But we've got Bahrain Victorious. We've got Team UAE Emirates. Um, it's probably not weird, you know, we're used to Olympics. Oil companies are now positively passe in cycling, it's not just Ineos, BP were there before them. Um, Oleg Tinkoff, well he was bonkers, but not necessarily weird. I'm going to take you back to the year I was born, in fact, to the 1973 Tour de France, which was won by Louis Ocaña. Um, who himself was only a little bitter that Eddie Merckx had decided to sit that year's race out. Um, so he had to settle for sticking the thick end of 16 minutes into second place Bernard Teveney, um, a man who himself would go on to win the race in 1975, denying Merckx a sixth win, and, and then again in 1977. And actually beating Merckx at the Tour de France was something that Louis Ocaña never managed. Anyway... Where are you going with this, Gary? Well, scroll down the GC on the 1973 Tour and you'll find a team that succeeded in locking out the bottom five places of that year's race. A kind of Jumbo Visma or SD Works in reverse. Team de Cova Lejeune. Now, the second name on the ticket probably isn't weird in the slightest. Cycle Lejeune was 
a French bicycle manufacturer run by twin brothers, Roger and Marcel Lejeune. Now, Lejeune were no strangers to pro cycling. They'd co-sponsored Pelfort Sauvage Lejeune, uh, winning races between 1962 and 1971 with the likes of Jan Janssen, Johnny Schleck, and close friend um, of the cycling legends, Barry Hoban himself. Um, they'd also gone to win more victories as Lejeune BP, there's another oil company, back again with the likes of Ferdinand Braca, Lucien Benimpa, um, Roy Shelton, and a late model, Roger de Vlamic, who would deliver 13 of the team's 17 victories in their final season as Daft Trucks Lejeune PZ. Actually, would a Dutch truck manufacturer be considered normal as a sponsor? I don't know. Anyway, anyway, Decova Lejeune was a team that was built around the 1966 two-runner Lucien Amar um, and featured a veritable who's who of riders such as Jean-Claude Blochet, Jacques Hochard, Joseph Carletti and Richard Podesta. Who, indeed. But what was Decova, Gary? Well, or rather, who was Decova? Uh, Miriam Decova was a 70-something cabaret singer and dancer and, crucially to this story, the widow of a Greek millionaire and she was looking to get famous. She had a connection in Paris, who owned a cabaret theatre called L'Alcazar. Jean-Marie Rivière, who was no no relation to Roger, um, who was tragically paralysed after a crash in the 1962. Now, Jean-Marie was probably a little reticent about promoting an unknown, and, and let's be honest, getting on a bit, singing in his club, but he was a cycling fan, uh, and friend of the legendary Raphael Gimignani. Um, who himself was looking for a sponsor for his new team. Mr. Giminiani, what was it that first attracted you to the millionaire widow? Right, so this is where we're going here. Of course, Giminiani had a former tour winner on his roster for the coming season. This is uh, Lucia Neymar, who I mentioned. Um, and even to those who know very little about cycling, and also apparently rich widowed uh, cabaret artists, um, that brings some clout. Even if Amar was well past his best, which... Let's be honest, wasn't always that great anyway. Um, the deal was sealed anyway, and the, the team would ride their Lejeune Bicycle at Paris-Nice and the Tour de France in their pink and white jerseys. Um, by the end of the race, the money was gone, um, and shortly thereafter, so was the team and its richest sponsor. Um, it's not really recorded what became of Madame de Cova, but eight of her boys made it to Paris. Uh, Emar finished 17th, whilst five riders gamely propped up GC. Is that the weirdest sponsor in pro cycling? Um, I don't know. Um, Let me know what you think. Um, Is there anything weirder than a a, a septuagenarian uh, cabaret singer sponsoring a team? Um, Drop me a line at cyclinglegendspodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at cyclinglegends1. yeah, hashtag weird cycling sponsors um, and, we, and we can have a discussion but I think it'll be hard pushed to beat that now as I said at the top of the show it's competition time yes as it's almost Christmas or at least we're into December so it's it's okay to talk about Christmas uh, we're having the Saturday supplement festive Peloton competition. What's that, Gary? Well, it's quite simple, really. All you need to do is send me, either by email or on Twitter, um, your festive 
bike riders or bike teams or even bike races. So you might be looking at Reindeer Tarame, which was a perennial favourite when we used to do this on the VCDL podcast. Um, but bringing it right up to date, how about Sinter Classica San Sebastian for Dutch and, and Basque listeners? Or Lorena Weebus Three Kings. See where this is going. Um, the best uh, entries over the next four shows will, uh, will receive a copy of Chris Sidwell's TI Rally book, um, which is now somewhat in short supply. So get your entries in. Uh, tag us at CyclingLegends1 on, on Twitter, on X, um, hashtag Festive Peloton, or drop me a line, um, CyclingLegendsPodcast at gmail.com. Um, so yeah, we've got another we've got four whole Saturdays um, before Christmas, so get your entries in. Uh, we'll share the best as they come in uh, over the next couple of weeks, um, and the best um, will win a prize. Before we wrap up this week, I'll look ahead to the weekend cyclocross racing. Sunday, it's the Cyclocross World Cup at Flamonville in Normandy in France for round six, um, and the nuclear power station nearby. Um, I had to look up what was in Flamonville. What is it famous for? A big nuclear power station with two, soon to be three, and probably unlikely four uh, reactors. These are the facts. Um, but before that, Super Prestige Round 5 is from Boom in Belgium, um, about 40 minutes from Antwerp. Uh, both races uh, on GCN+. Plus. Um, it's going to be dry for both uh, races, and temperature struggling to get above freezing um, in Belgium on Saturday, so that could be quite interesting. Um, seven degrees in Flamonville on Sunday, um, so they're could be a potential for mud, but I suspect we won't see anything like we saw at Dublin on Sunday there. So this has been the Saturday Supplement for the 2nd of December 2023. Thank you as ever for your company. Um, keep up the, the conversation. Drop me a line, cyclinglegendspodcast at gmail.com or on x at cyclinglegends1 or at the Gary Fairley if you want to abuse me personally. Um, I'm also on Instagram and threads. If you haven't signed up, you can do so at cyclinglegendspodcast.com for all of our premium content, all the interviews, features um, and some good stuff coming up. In the meantime, thank you for your company. Um, It's been great talking to you as ever and I look forward to speaking to you again next Saturday on the Saturday Supplement from the Cycling Legends Podcast powered by vivavelo.cc. Cheers.